Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for October 1st, 2019. I am Michael Obeya and I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. On these broadcasts, we analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind. Which plan is to bring some into governance with him in a government that shall be established in the fullness of time. Before we go any further, I would like to encourage you to like and subscribe to our page at YouTube, and also to hit the notification button at the bottom of the screen so you can get alerts at any time we upload new videos. Um, today, we want to discuss the topic of Brexit. Uh, most people have heard the term Brexit, but they don't fully appreciate or understand its relevance to the fullness of times and the crisis that is coming upon the earth. Um, very few people are aware that the British military has been preparing for months now for the possible breakdown of law and order, not only within Britain, but also in the rest of Europe. What does this portend for us? Um, why do we need to understand these things? And if, if these things are going to come, what, how, what do we do? How do we know what to do? That's what the um, context of today's video is going to look at. But as usual, before we go any further, I'd like to share a clip with you on the British military's preparation for breakdown of law and order in not only Britain, but in Europe. Launching airstrikes against Islamic State from a base in Cyprus. Protecting commercial ships passing through the Strait of Gibraltar. Defending the Falkland Islands. Key tasks carried out by Britain's armed forces that could be affected if a no-deal Brexit obstructs the flow of supplies to troops overseas. To counter the risk, the Ministry of Defence has started stockpiling extra food, fuel, spare parts and even ammunition. It is important for the country, very important, yes. For the general who commanded British forces to victory against Argentina in the Falklands, it's sensible military planning. Without ammunition, without food, the whole thing comes to a grinding halt. And logistics actually in the Falklands War tended to drive the way the war was fought. And, and many of our plans revolved around could you actually do it logistically. This small port, used by the military in Southampton, offers a guaranteed route for supplies in and out of the UK if commercial ports experience delays. Teams trained in handling freight could help transport extra material to Gibraltar and Cyprus if required. A number of military personnel have already been moved from their normal jobs to focus on no-deal preparations. This isn't a sign that defence chiefs believe there will definitely be problems but it is evidence of the need for the armed forces to be prepared in case there are any disruptions. Military bases in the UK are also building up their stores to ensure troops don't run out of fuel or food if there's any disruption to imports. But officers say cost-saving cuts to improve efficiency in recent decades have left the armed forces less resilient. Having lots of everything is a really inefficient way of doing business and in the same way that we've seen the NHS desiring not to hold two weeks worth of particular drugs, but having them only two days, but having a very efficient, just-in-time logistics supply chain. So the military has been doing similar things. That means that when there's a bit more doubt and you need a bit more flexibility, you have to grow a bit of fat on the bones. 
A spokesman said a limited range of supplies have been bought as part of the MOD's contingency planning. So friends, you've been here about Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. But how often have you heard that Great Britain is preparing its military for the breakdown of law and order? Now, this is whether or not they do carry out Brexit. I want to say from the offset, this video is neither for or pro-Brexit or anti-Brexit. That's a political statement. We are only trying to get the people prepared for what is coming and what you're not being told about in the popular press. And even when you are being told about it, the total picture of how it affects you, as described in the word of God, is not made available to you. And that's the purpose of this broadcast. Let's take a look quickly at another clip that actually buttresses what we just saw. Snow and song on the streets of Tallinn, where there's little doubt about the top defence priority, deterring the threat posed by neighbouring Russia. Britain's armed forces play a role in this as part of a NATO mission. That planning for a possible no-deal Brexit is taking up more and more of the military's time. The Estonian foreign minister is confident his allies will rise to the challenge. I'm, I'm pretty confident that they will be able to uh, handle the, uh, the uh, national security uh, issues uh, at the time of uh, e even no-deal Brexit, Brexit should that happen. Sky News can reveal the top civil servant at the Ministry of Defence has said preparing for a withdrawal from the European Union without a deal is his department's highest priority. In a letter, Stephen Lovegrove told officers and civil servants to implement the remaining elements of their no-deal plans without delay. Details of the military's contingency preparations include selecting around 3,000 soldiers who make up most of the 3,500 military personnel ready for no-deal duties. Some of these troops could already be on alert to respond to a military crisis overseas. Military facilities might be required to store freight or accommodate extra personnel and the return of more than 6,000 soldiers and their families from Germany could face disruption, though the MOD says there are currently no delays. It's understood the armed forces will conduct a number of war games to test their readiness for a no-deal Brexit in the coming days, while also continuing to defend the UK and its allies from security threats. Personnel are due to travel here to Estonia this summer to take part in a joint expeditionary force exercise. That plan will go ahead even if troops are still needed back home to deal with Brexit issues. The strain could show, however, if the UK is forced to face multiple demands at the same time.
This could be in the form of Brexit disruption, a terrorist attack and an emergency abroad. The Ministry of Defence says plans are being prepared to ensure a no-deal Brexit doesn't affect the military or its commitments, including in Estonia. Mr Lovegrove's letter, however, reveals some areas of MOD work may have to be delayed. European allies will be watching to see what happens next. Deborah Haynes, Sky News, Tallinn. My friends, did you hear that? The military is being prepared in the event of an economic collapse. Now, they didn't say anything about any country invading another country. The military is being prepared to confront civilians. Now, you think, oh, this is going on in Britain. This is far away from, this is going on in Germany or Europe. This is going to come to whatever country you are in right now, watching and listening to. Britain is not a paper country. Britain is one of the oldest, most stable countries in the world. Now, let's analyze how it got to this position. In 1945, Great Britain and the United States formed the core of the Allied groups that defeated Germany in the Second World War. At the end of that war, all the European countries, including Great Britain, had their industrial infrastructure destroyed. And only the United States had the military and economic capacity to rebuild those nations. And it gave them a deal, which is referred to as the Marshall Plan, in which the United States would lend at that time $700 billion to rebuild Europe. But there were certain conditions that Europe had to meet to be able to repay that money and guarantee the United States return on its investment. One, the individual economies of many of those countries were small. So to give themselves the clout, they decided to form something called the EEC, the European Economic Commission. That went into effect some 10, 20 years after World War II. And this became the heart of what we today refer to as the EU, the European Union. As time went on, they discovered that, look, yes, we're rebuilding ourselves industrially, but we all have different currencies. The Germans had the Deutsche Mark, the French had the uh, French franc, the Italians had the lira, Britain had the pound. And they came together and said, look, why don't we have one currency? If we have one currency, we will be stronger. We'll have a currency that can compete with the yen, a currency that will compete with the dollar in the world market. And Great Britain, at that time, certain members of their parliament, the House of Lords, their uh, elite, were uncomfortable with putting themselves in a currency in which Germany might be the dominant partner in this program. And so what they did was they said to themselves, look, we will stay with the European Union, 
But we're going to keep control of our currency, the British pound. We're not going to submit it to the European Union. They can go ahead and have their European money, but we will keep our, our British pound, but we'll participate in everything else. And that included open borders um, for Europeans to be able to go from one country to another, wherever their services were needed, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a few days back, we did a video on migration, illegal migration worldwide. And that is somehow tied into what is going on now. So you have people who have come into Southern Europe from wherever else in the whole world, and now they have free access to get into Britain, to get into France, to get into Germany. And these rich, big countries have their populations who are saying, wait, this isn't what we signed up for. Okay, what's going on? In 2008, there was a financial crisis. And that crisis demonstrated to citizens of countries like Great Britain and the United States that the idea of a one currency for multiple nations was a dangerous thing. Because when the pigs, and pig stands for Portugal, Italy, Greece, and Spain, when they had the economic turmoil, they could have brought themselves out of their recession the way the United States had done by printing more money, what they referred to as quantitative easing. They couldn't do that because they no longer had control of printing of their own money. They had given that to the European Union. And so they went through a terrible time. You remember what was going on in Portugal, what was homeless people, riots on the streets in Greece, and so on, which brought a lot of far right and far left parties, parties into power. Now, fast forward to today. Britain can see Germany dominating the European Union. They can't compete because there's limits on what they can do based on their agreements with the European Union. But Within the contract and agreement they had for the European Union, they're free to leave the European Union based on certain conditions. They feel they have met those conditions, they've had the vote, and their people have voted for them to leave. But there are powerful interests that say, no, um, you just can't leave. And we don't want to, I don't want to get into too many knitted, gritted details, but I want to send you on a path. Okay, because we're going to circle back to us and see exactly how this connects to us. So now you've heard the general gist of this situation. Let's see how that affects you. Now, remember, someone else has taken control of printing money for a country. So Greece doesn't have control on whether they can print money for um, Greeks. Um, Spain doesn't have control. So if, if, if Spain needs money, cash money to do things, they need to look to someone else to say, okay, yeah, we'll print money for you. Let's, look, let's take a look and see what your GDP did. Ugh, what, you want 100,000? No, 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 you can only get 10. Now, when they had their own right to print their own money, they could print as much as they needed regardless of what was going on. Now, those who know a little bit about economics can explain this to you and how you sometimes print more money than you actually 
you know, have goods and services, you know, demanding to keep the economy afloat. But that's something different. And not being able to do that is a recipe for disaster. And that is what happened in a small country like Greece. Now, when that begins to occur in the United States, in Great Britain, in France, then you know, we're talking about nuclear powers here. They're going to do anything to stay on top. They're not Greece. Britain is not Greece. Britain is not a pushover. Okay? These are superpowers. Now, who is behind this? The Antichrist. I say over and over again, look at the person behind the scene, the spirit that motivates the, 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 the events on earth at this moment is the Antichrist. And he is putting his pieces in strategic locations for the, for the ushering in of the one world government, which the scriptures have warned us that would come. And it said, a time will come when people will never be able to buy or sell except they receive the mark of the beast. Now, why don't we just look in scripture for a moment and see what it says about this time, okay? And this is going to be from the book of the Revelation, the chapter of chapter 13, from verse 1 um, to 18. I'll read that for you, okay? And the revelator says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. This is all figurative. Okay, we're talking about the Antichrist here. And upon and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power. The dragon is Satan. So this beast is not Satan. He is someone or a system or a people who receive power from the dragon. Well, how do we know the dragon is Satan? Because in some other part of scripture, it does tell us that clearly, that the dragon is the old serpent, the devil. Okay? But here, he is giving his power to someone because he needs that someone or that organization or that, or that group of people to execute his agenda. And those people or that person or those institutions are what we call the Antichrist, okay? Verse three, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. Talking about the beast now. And all the world wondered after the beast. That means everybody in the world is astonished at the beast. And look, don't be having pictures in your mind of some grisly, gigantic bear like King Kong, and you can stay in China and he's in America, you can see him from, no, nothing like that, okay? This is very subtle, but God's using imagery to get across to you things that are happening around you and I right now. But if you don't have insight, you can't understand it. You can't be prepared. And that's why Merging Temple is here, to get you to understand that you can use scripture to see and interpret things that are going on around you so you're not taken by surprise. Like Jesus said, he said many of them were asleep when the flood came and they didn't know until he came and took them all away. 
okay? We want to keep you awake. Verse 4 says, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. That means we were worshipping Satan, okay? Now, you might say, ah, I'm not worshipping Satan. I'm not Satan. I don't do this. I don't drink. No, no, no. But when you wake up in the morning, what are your cares? Are you, is, your, is your number one care what your conscience and relationship with God is? Or is it more money, more money, more money? Is it, oh, I, I, I got I to go, I got to go. I got to, I got to get that new Nintendo game. Oh, I got to get that new car. Or I got to get that new dress. Or is it, oh, I got to get back at this person. What is it that you spend your life worrying about? Whatever that is, that is what you worship. Okay, verse four says, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast. Uh, at your job, you want to keep that position, you're a married woman, and some guy comes and, you know, talks to you or touches you in a way he shouldn't, or because you want to keep the job, you keep quiet, you want everybody to see you, like, oh, you're doing really well, you're, you're moving up in your career in the, quote, corporate world, okay, or you're a man, you're in a position of authority, and you've been entrusted with something like to look after the company's money or government money, and you're siphoning that and putting it in your pocket, you're worshiping the beast. You're put, he has put you in that situation where you have lusted and wanted things that are beyond your reach. And now you're willing to do anything, sell anybody, give up anybody, betray your friends for a morsel of bread. Verse five, oh, sorry, verse four. That, um, I'll, I'll take from the middle. It says that they worship the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Listen, man, the almighty dollar. Who can do anything without money? Money, money, money. Who can, who can, what, what can we do, man? You got to work for that money. Yeah. Money, you say money talks and, you know, fill in the blanks. You're worshiping the beast. Verse five. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue for 40 and two months. That's three and a half years. Okay. Let's just move on. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. By the way, I want you to take the 40 and two months there, both literally and figuratively. And in some other video, I'll explain why I said that. But let it go down for the record. Verse 6, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Verse 7, and it was given unto him to make war with who? The saints. Listen, saints here is not talking about the people that have died and gone to the sky. It's here, it's talking about those of you who have chosen to live righteously and put your faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Those are the saints. And he's making war with you, okay? And you're finding yourself trying to live according to what you know your inner nature is. Now, remember, being a Christian is not about being good. It's about being the new nature that you have received. And he's making war against you. He's making things difficult for you to be that person, to be that thing you want to be, okay? And that's what's going on right now. So when he says it makes, it made war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and all tongues and all nations. Boy, the beast is in total control. Look left, look right, look in China, look everywhere. 
everything right now seems to be at a standstill. The beast has total control of the world. Verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Verse 9, if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. So if you are sacrificing your brother or your sister because you want to survive, and when I say sacrifice, I mean you're, 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 you're betraying them. Okay? You're betraying them. You're betraying your, your loved ones. You're betraying your family. You're betraying your, your, your community because you want to get to the next level that the beast has put for you as an attainment. It says you will get in return everything that you have given out. Verse 11, it says, And I beheld, and another beast came up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now, friends, this is the same Antichrist, okay? We're talking figuratively here, okay? Verse 12, And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him. Is this For purposes of you and I, it's the same person. It's the same power. It's the same force at work. And he caused the earth, and then we dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh first fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now, this aspect of him is more religious. He now wants to control you through religion. The first one controlled you through economic means through political means. This now is the religious aspect of, of the beast, the nature of the beast. Verse 14, see this. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. Okay? And you see people all over uh, claiming to be preachers, and they're telling you, you need to get the next private jet. Some, some people are, might be in a different religion and they're being told, you know, you kill these people and you'll make it to heaven. There's all kinds of deception that is going on. And it's this beast, this antichrist that is operating through these religious people to take you down as well. And the scriptures are showing you what they're up to, okay? Verse 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That means in the way you act and in the way you think. Verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six, six, six. Six is the number of man. Three times means the end of man. This will be the final government of man before the government of God is established upon the earth. Okay? We started off by telling you about this. Now, You need to be able to understand that Brexit is not happening in isolation. 
it's a it's a preparation for um martial law not only in britain france but also in china in hong kong in washington dc in lagos nigeria wherever it is in latin america there's going to be all kinds of excuses why our society should be militarized okay and you will no longer have the freedom to worship and to talk about god the way we're talking today this is because when you talk about god and you bring the word of god you give people hope you give people character you give people fortitude and people are able to resist wickedness and that's why they have to come against the spiritual aspect and make you dichotomize that which is spiritual from that which is social but that which is social is being effectuated by that which is spiritual so you must understand the spiritual dimension of things that are social now i have one more scripture to share with you and this is you probably know about this this is where jesus went into the temple and flogged out the money changers. and i want you to understand that jesus didn't just do things because it felt like a good idea to him he said he can do nothing except he sees his father in heaven do it okay so let's look at um let's look at um the book of matthew chapter 21 the book of matthew chapter 21 okay and we'll verse 12 and 13 okay we'll soon be wrapping up here okay it says book of matthew chapter 21 verse 12 and 13 and jesus went into the temple of god and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them it is written my house shall be called the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves now while this looks like a small isolated scripture you can see here that it, the, the temple there is symbolic of the of of the place of religion a place of worship a place of a place of supposed to be of godliness but what has come in here what has come in here it says throughout them that had all these quote animals right money changes they sold doves and birds and all kinds of things this the purpose for which this place was originally for has been changed and jesus comes now and he's doing this here as an example for you and i on what he's coming to do on earth in the not too distant future and we're trying to get ourselves ready so we won't be like those guys who got you know let's just say got their behind given to them by jesus when he came there with his with his stick and dealt with them you don't want that happening to you i don't want that happening to me okay now the money changers here didn't change money for, for free. They made a profit on it. They charged an interest on it. And do you know, friends, that God actually speaks against charging interest for money? God speaks against it over and over and over and over again. We never listen. That's why now you can't pay your student loan. That's why now you can't pay your mortgage. That's why now you can't pay for 
many things. Why? Because of interest upon interest upon interest upon interest, something God said never to do. In fact, God was so kind. He said, you know what? Every seven years, I don't care whether you charge interest or you don't didn't charge interest. I'm going to wipe out everybody, wipe out all debts. Do we do that? No. You have debts that can last 100 years, okay? 200 years. You have countries in Africa that are rich with natural resources, but they signed agreements to buy things on interest, and the interest now are so large, they're so far behind, the countries have been sold, okay? So the whole world, nations and individuals, we are all now under the thumb of the Antichrist because he is now in control of what we worship and need the most, money, money, money. And what you're seeing going on in Britain now is the debt that the world owes and the situation of people and people no longer want to live in that, under that kind of situation. They think the answer is for them to do Brexit, for them to do this, to do that. All that is not, whether there's Brexit or no Brexit, it's not going to save anybody there. What will save you is an appreciation of the love of God as expressed in the death and resurrection of the man called Jesus Christ, who is with you right now and willing to step in on your behalf. And by the way, he can give you money if that's something you do need. But even without money, he can get you to wherever he needs you to be without money. You no longer need to sell anybody. You no longer need to sell away your husband or your wife or your children or your brother or your sister or your country. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, wherever you are right now, to take these broadcasts to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors, share it with them, share it on your Facebook page. Let people be alerted that that time has come. And this word is going out by the grace of God to save many people. And it's within your power to get these messages that we're broadcasting out to them. There might not be a second chance for someone that you're obligated to, for someone that you love. Well, friends, once again, I want to thank you for your time. I want to encourage you once more to go to our page, like, subscribe to our channel, hit the notification bell at the bottom of the screen so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. I also want to encourage you to go to patreon.com where you can seek our handle, search for our handle, Emerging Temple, and you can support us and help get this work and this word out there. Once again, I thank you for your time. I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. Remember, we broadcast every day and upload a video every day here from Emerging Temple. Thank you.